When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and today I have an extra special guest. His name is James Wedmore, and back in the day, he was best known for his YouTube and video marketing strategies. However, over the years, he's really expanded his brand, and his latest program, Business by Design, focuses on the systems and processes that you can implement inside of your business to build your foundation as well as build out your launches and your promotions and your email marketing. And you know, I love a program around systems and processes. And so you can bet that we own that program inside of my own business as well. He also has a really cool podcast that is definitely for entrepreneurs. However, he doesn't focus on the tips, tricks, strategies like I do in this podcast. His is very unique and the interview I did with James is already recorded. So I'm going to say Save talking about his podcast until we jump in with James because he does a really good job of explaining how it's unique from the typical marketing type of podcast. Now, before I get into the interview, I wanted to mention one thing. In episode number 179, if you haven't yet listened to it, I was incredibly vulnerable about a challenge that I've had for a long time, a challenge around my weight and my worthiness and my self-acceptance. And believe me, I almost didn't record that podcast, but then I thought, no, I think this is a conversation that we need to have. And so in that conversation, I talked about worthiness and funny enough, I know there's no coincidences. Shortly after I recorded that episode, I recorded this episode with James and still that central theme of worthiness came out. Now we're talking about money in this episode, but there's a big conversation we're having around the fact that I believe for so many years that I had to work really, really, really hard 
to make good money. I think that's from my roots, from my dad especially. And so we talk about that in this episode. And I think there's a lot of parallels between the conversation here and the conversation I started back in episode 179. And I don't think, again, that that is a coincidence at all. I think this is an important conversation we need to have around money and our mindset and any blocks that are keeping us from making a lot more of it. Because believe me, there's blocks that all of us have that we need to really recognize and move past. So that's what this episode is all about. I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and jump in. James Wedmore, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. I was going to say, really, this is your second time. So, but it's been a long time since you've been on the show. You forgot forgot all about me, didn't you? (laughs) I didn't, I promise. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing really well and I'm very excited to be here. I know we talked about something completely different than what uh, you're making me talk about today. This topic is way sexier. I, I'm loving this topic. What Wait a you, second. The first topic was sexy too. What are you talking about? It was all right. But this one, I mean, James and I have been going back and forth about this topic and there's so many good aspects to like dive into. So I think the listeners are going to like this one better than the first. So let's back it up a little bit. You have a podcast. The name of the yeah. podcast is... Mind Your Business, Amy. I love the name of that podcast that is so the much. Podcast. It's the mind, mind your business podcast. <laughs> mind your business. It's so good. Absolutely love your podcast, but it's way different than any business podcast. So talk to me about what the show is all about. Yeah, yet it's still for business owners. Yeah, um, that's what's so interesting. I love it. You know, it, was a, it started as a passion project and I wanted to create a podcast, but I didn't want it to be like other business and marketing podcasts because you're, you've already got the best business and marketing podcasts out there. Why would I try and compete with you? So I wanted something different. And it really came from... I'm now going into my 10th year doing this. And, and you know, it's so funny just even having this conversation with you here today because we got to start at a very similar time together. You know, you and I, if you, re, if you recall, we both were on a very similar journey at the very similar times. And that's how we met. And I look back on my journey and I, and I look at how much I struggled, you know, not to toot my own horn or anything, but when I got into this industry and I found out, you know, I could start my own business and it'd be on the internet and all this stuff. I, I was like, look, I'm, I'm smart enough. Like I got good grades. I, I wasn't like, you know, I didn't struggle in school. So I was like, I'm smart enough. And I, I have a great work ethic. I can work really hard. And yet I struggled for a really long time, like really bad. Like I was living in my parents' basement, like broke, could, could barely afford to... Uh, my lunch was... I, I bought the you know, $5 foot long from Subway and I have like six <laughs> inches for lunch and six inches for dinner because that's all I could afford. Um, and you know, a lot has changed. And I look back on that journey and something really came up for me. I said, I, I, wa- I want to teach the strategy and the steps and the how-to. And, and that's something that you, you do so well. But I felt like I was leaving a piece of the conversation out for my students if I didn't talk about the other things that made the difference, the difference that made the difference for me. Um, and that really came to a, uh, what we'd call a, a mental, uh, emotional, and spiritual game. Like, 
if we're just looking at the action and the strategy and the steps, I think we're missing something. And and so I started this podcast called the Mind Your Business Podcast to talk about that stuff. Uh, what what I just kind of lump into the inner game, um, and and that has I've you know gone into over a hundred different topics from looking at our uh, beliefs, our core beliefs, our fears, and what is fear, what are emotions, the thoughts. I mean, just the whole roller coaster of entrepreneurship. But, but I also noticed, and I know you've seen this too, is that there's that message of, uh, you know, the secret to success is like hustle and work harder. Right. 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 And I don't agree with that. And I'm very blatantly clear that that is not the answer that that is, that is not the missing ingredient that it's just like, Oh, you're just not working hard enough. I just, I just don't buy that. And I was working harder than anyone. I think this hustle, this, this work until your eyes bleed mentality is the surefire recipe for burnout. And we've seen too many people that burn out. And so I wanted to come with a very different message. And I've been able to interview some extraordinary people and um, really gain like a ton of insights on a different, a different way of, of running business and a different way of operating internally. And we go down to some like, like crazy, you know, what we call like the woo woo rabbit hole. Um, and some people are like super ready for that conversation. Others are not. And that's fine. But that, that's really been my mission is to is just to investigate that. I love the approach you would take for sure. Now, me coming from the Tony Robbins world, you've heard him say this. So tell me if you agree that being an entrepreneur, 80% mindset, 20% mechanics. Would you agree with that? I would. And I remember when I first went to UPW, Unleash the Power Within, and he, and he said that. And, and it was like, I got it conceptually at the time. And now you like you get it, get it. And if anything, I think it's more than that. I think it's 90%. I think it's ninety nine, yeah, point nine percent of that, and it doesn't mean like you know. There's there's like the the book and the movie, The Secret came out. It was like ten years ago now, and and it was you know, and and it kind of became this very like this movement, and then people were like, okay, this is just like close your eyes, wishful thinking, Pollyanna stuff. Um, but I still subscribe to a level of that. And then there's some there's some stuff we're going to get into today that's like, well, why doesn't that work? Why doesn't someone just like close their eyes and say, I want a Ferrari, I want a Ferrari, and they open their eyes and it isn't in the driveway. <laughs> and uh, a big piece of that, which we'll get into, is is related to our beliefs and and limiting beliefs. And you know, someone like Tony Robbins talks about that. So I really do, I really do think it's so much the psychology, uh, the mindset, and and the inner game. Okay, so here's how this all came about. James and I are dear friends, and I love his wife, Chelsea, as well. And we get together, we talk all the time, we text all the time. So during one of our conversations, I said, James, I want you to come on my show. It's been a long time since you've been on the show, but I want you to talk about some of the stuff you talk about in your own podcast, because I don't think we have enough of those conversations. And I said, if you were thinking about entrepreneurs just getting started, what's this one topic that would pop up for you that you think really needs to be talked about, dissected, really dive into? And he said, money. We've got money. to talk about money. So where do we begin this conversation? Uh, money, 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 money. Yeah, there's so much we can talk about because you did. You asked me like, what's the most popular topics? And and it is, it's it's money. Um, and there are so many different areas that we can, we can go with this. But I want to start with... Uh, you know, first and foremost, we have um, a, a relationship with money, uh, just like you have a relationship with your mom or your dad or your spouse. And um, 
you might, not not you, Amy, but someone listening might actually start to be getting a little uncomfortable on this call. Sometimes you get uncomfortable just when people start talking about money or you get like uh, fidgety when you, you're checking your bank account and stuff. So we all have a relationship with money and we'll get into this today about you know, how we can start to observe this relationship, become more present to it. And then I believe that uh, we can ch- change this relationship with money. And we'll look at that. But I believe these, this relationship that we have with money comes from our beliefs about money. And it's really important to point out that these are beliefs about money, yet we don't always see them that way. We tend to see them as truths or facts. And you know what I'm, I'm talking about, right? Uh, beliefs like money is the root of all evil, or even just that there is a limited or finite supply of money. Money doesn't grow on trees. My dad used money to say that all the time. Was, my dad still does, right? <laughs> and and there's, a whole, there's a whole ton more. Like only greedy people have money. Only rich people have money. I, I'm sorry. Only rich people are evil or greedy. You know, like there, there's so many of these. And I like to get, I just like to get my hands dirty and, and look at that and look where, what beliefs do I have and where do they come from, uh, which we'll get into as well. But I think as I start listing some of these out, the first thing we can do is see if they feel true for us. And it, the key word there is feel. Because, Amy, I'm sure this will resonate with you, that we can sit there and say, I know I don't think that money doesn't grow on trees. You know, I know that conceptually, right? That makes sense. Yeah, duh. Like, but does that feel true for you? And that was something that I really learned is that that's how we know if we do have a belief about it. Because the challenge here is that when we talk about these things called beliefs, and more specifically beliefs about money, they're all at the subconscious level, which means you don't really know you got them. Because if you did, you wouldn't have them. Like if you just saw them, you know, it's like if you saw something in your room that you didn't like, you'd, you'd throw it out, right? And so it, they're kind of, it's what we call blind spots. They're, they're really hidden from us. So uh, what did you say? Um, money is really, money doesn't grow on trees. Was there another one that you, that you oh, learned? Oh, this one's a big one for me. I have always had the belief because I know it's a belief because I feel it, that if I don't work really hard, so if I'm not working long hours, getting up early, going to bed late, if I'm not fully focused, if I'm not showing up every single day, if I'm not working for it, then I don't earn it. Yes. That and, comes from my blue collar dad, who's a firefighter, like you and had a second job. You've got to earn it. Yes. Now, a couple, couple things I want to say here. So, because I'm the same way and I like to say now jokingly, but accurately that I'm a recovering workaholic. And, and I learned this from my parents. I think my parents demonstrated and showed me at a very young age, an extraordinary work ethic unbelievable work ethic. I mean, I've never seen, my parents have always worked harder than anyone I've ever seen and they never complained. Yes. Uh, and, and so I learned that behavior and you'll start to notice that the b- behavior that we have, which stems from the beliefs that we have, a lot of it is learned behavior from our parents or from experiences at a very young age. And so one of the things you can do is start to look at your, um, to your parents and you know, there's nothing wrong with our parents. I think that's a very dangerous route to go down is to like blame them. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm a workaholic. Thanks, dad. Right. Because right. if you're, if that is the case, well, he probably learned it from his dad. 
right. and his dad before him. And they're just doing, our parents are doing the best that they can. And that was something that was really important for me to learn. But we can break that cycle. I do believe we have the ability to change our beliefs, uh, change our behaviors and our habits and create different results. But I want to talk specifically about this one that you bring up because I think this one is, is relevant for a lot of people for a lot of reasons that... Um, you know, you have to work hard for money. Let's just let's just call it that. You have to work hard for money. And what the theme of the podcast, my podcast, has really become about, and what what I really want to stand for and be a living example of or living proof of is that money does not come from effort. And I actually had a gentleman, um, one of one of the you know many guests that I've interviewed on my show. His name is Jim Fortin, and he said that word for word. Money does not come from effort. And I, I firmly believe that. And that's why I, I do. I spit in the face of this, this hustle harder mentality. Ultimately, what this is about is stepping out of a world, you know, the, the, there is reality, which that's a whole nother conversation. But, but, you know, we really have to understand it is it's, there's a, our interpretation of reality. Right, the, what we actually, you know, you and I are going to experience something different. We both watch a, a, a you know, car accident happen, and we're going to have our own interpretation, our own experience, and our own perspective. And so, if we're raised in a uh, environment of lack, like there's not enough, you know, money's tough to come by, then that's the world that we see, and we continue to reinforce that. Where we need to go is step into a world of abundance, and that can be hard because what we tend to do is look at our reality now. Like, yeah, easy for you to say, but I can look at my bank account and I've only got $10 to to my name. Right. You know, and I think that was really hard for me at first, but it's, it's what's made the difference. And just like I said, you, you've had, you have so many examples. Well, you have examples of both sides, right? But you have evidence where money has come easier to you or abundance has come easier to you. And I have friends where I see the amount of work they're doing and the time that they're putting into it. And it's a whole lot less than mine in terms of if you were counting the minutes, but they're killing it. So I look around me and I see evidence that I don't have to hustle every minute to have the abundance that I want. So yeah, it's out there. And this is why I want to I want to speak so against the hustle mentality because I think it's a cop out. I think there's a lot of safety, certainty, and comfortability in hard work. There's something comfortable about it. Yeah. You say no, people, I'm burned out. I'm. It's physically hurting me, but there is something certain about it. Uh, and in and entrepreneurship is a world of uncertainty. You know, when you go into a launch, like a big promotion. You're like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like we call it the launch free fall where you're like, it feels like you jumped out of an airplane without a parachute. And you're like, you know, don't worry, it'll be over soon. So how do we change this? And and sometimes when these beliefs are like a core belief of, of you know, I'm not deserving of this money, you know, that that is some deep work. And that's a lot of the stuff I've done over the years. And I think I still have a lot of that, that work. But I think the first thing that we can do, which is something you already did, is that is kind of this acknowledgement and acceptance that it is a belief. Yeah. Um, and I think we can, what we can do is we can take stock of everything in our lives right now. Things like the, you know, the money in the bank account, the, the assets we have, the, the things, the physical things that, that we have, all of it. Um, and, and we can choose to accept 
that this is the sum result of the current beliefs we have about who we are and the beliefs we have about the world around us. And I really, I think that is, that is the first step. And that's really what I get my, my students and my listeners to do is to start to develop the awareness. Tony Robbins talks about this, about, you know, turning frustration into fascination. Uh, I had the author of a fantastic book, I highly recommend called The Abundance Code by Julie Cairns, who talks about, you know, same thing, look for the frustration, right? Start to get passionately curious about, you know, in, in just in the realm of like money, what's not working for you. And instead of using efforting as the answer, like, okay, well, I'm just going to work harder. I'm just going to work longer because we know that's a finite resource. So we also have evidence of other people. They're making a ton of money and you know that they haven't developed some secret where they can get 28 hours out of a 24 (laughs) hour day, the same amount of time in a day. So instead, when we can start to get really fascinating and ask questions, you know, and I've mentioned Tony a few times, I don't know why it's just come up (laughs) for me here, but the quality of your lives is determined by the quality of questions you ask. So instead of just saying, well, the answer is I'll work harder, I'll work longer is, um, but to start asking questions like, who, who, you know, when you're, especially when you're in a breakdown, when you're feeling frustrated, when things aren't going your way, who was I being or what did I believe? What belief or thought created this situation? That, you know, like, well, that, that you, you can't make money without working hard, right? Or whatever that belief is. And what we want to do, um, you know, I think one way to, is, is to obviously create new beliefs and begin to tell new stories, but I think the way we can start to dissolve these beliefs um, is through what we've already mentioned, experiences. Uh, and the more evidence of actual experiences that we have, the better. And so I have an example of a client from my mastermind who came in this year and they were selling products, digital products for 1997. Now, when they first told me that, I was assuming that was 2000. Is that what you assumed? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it was $19.97. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's going to have to, I mean, we're going to have to raise a price. They had a hot seat and there was a lot of resistance. There was a lot of like, I can't charge more than that. Right. I, my, our customers will fill in the blank, get upset, be offended, you know, leave, not buy. And anybody who's thought about or had the conversation around raising their prices knows exactly what this person was feeling like. We've, we've all done that. Like there's a, we get this fear around raising our prices. And then sure enough, the power of the collective group, this is why masterminds are so powerful. 18 other people said, yes, you can, and you're going to do it and help them accountable. Good, good. And they did it. They, they raised their prices. Um, I think it was like just to 97 bucks, you know, so still like four times the price, but Anyways, long story short, they had the the this this client had the biggest launch she's ever had and was actually generated more revenue than all of last year, the previous wow. year's total year uh, you know, total 2016 revenue. The point being is that that story and that belief of I can't charge more, I can't raise my prices is now gone. Because yes. they have evidence of it. And so what I really try and do is, is get passionately curious about when, when I'm in a breakdown, when things aren't going the way, way I want. And when you find yourself working hard, like, why am I working so hard? 
uh, stop for a moment and, and start to get really curious about that and then play the scientist role. Look for evidence either in other people's lives, uh, other businesses, or try it out yourself. Be like, you know, like make a game out of it, right? Like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to try and do this launch and only work X amount of hours per day. Oh, um, I love it. You know, and, and it could go either way. Right. But you could find evidence to support a new belief or a new story. I think my biggest takeaway there is your student had a hot seat. She had all these reasons why she shouldn't raise her prices. She had encouragement from others. So her peers were saying, you can do it. You will do it. We'll keep you accountable. And the magic there, in my opinion, was that she was open enough to say, okay, I'll give it a shot. And as yeah. entrepreneurs, we have to do that. If we have pain in one area or we have a huge desire in another, we have to be open to saying, the way I'm doing it is likely not getting me where I want to go. I know I don't want to work as many hours as I've been working right now. And so I'm open to saying, let's try a different way. And I love that you said, like, become a scientist. Like, what would it look like if I stop working at 4 p.m. every single day? Which I know that doesn't sound very extravagant, but believe me, 4 o'clock would be a great improvement from what's been happening lately. So I put together my ideal week with the help of Michael Hyatt. He does this thing with your ideal week. So every day we've been trying to end at four and it is possible, but I had to open my mind and just be willing to try something new. Yeah. And I, and I hope you will find more evidence that supports that your, your money and, and sales is not directly correlated or attached to effort. Yes. Um, you know, cause we have things like the ability, the technology today to reach thousands of people. We have the ability to automate things, you know, all of that stuff. So I, yeah, I want to throw something else out there. Uh, because I also feel like as we're talking about money, 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 it's really easy to get fixated on money. And there's a saying that, uh, that I love this is something like, you know, money is only important to those that don't have it. Mm. And, and doesn't that, I mean, yes. does, you yeah. get that right. Like, like, yes, you've, you you went through a time where you you know we're like the bootstrap and startup entrepreneur and now you're you know super successful and now we have like all these opportunities you know and by the way just so you know and just to acknowledge you for us I love that you were uh, talking about donating to what was it the Red Cross for yeah. Hurricane Harvey victims and and those are the type of things that we get to do and um, you know I saw that and I was like of course I'm gonna donate and those are like some of the really cool things that we get to do. And when you have money, but I feel like, you know, when you don't have it, you end up fixating on it. And yep. I think we have to, we actually have to believe it or not, drop the money. Um, and there's a, I think he's just a, he was a philosopher. His name's Alan Watts. And I've been really fascinated by him recently. And he's got a bunch of old YouTube videos on, on YouTube of, of his speeches and stuff. And he says something that really resonated with me. He says, Money simply represents wealth in rather the same way that the menu represents the dinner. Only we are psychologically perverted in such a way that some of us would rather have money than real wealth. Does that, does that make sense to you? It does. Yes. Like we're so fixated on money that we forget about like the things that we want to do with, with the money. Yes. And remember that, Money is just a, uh, a tool or a means to the things that we really want. So I think, let's do that for a second. Because I, I think this is, this is a powerful exercise that, that I always do. What I think we do, and let me ask you this. Uh, 
you, do you, you create like financial goals for like the quarter? We do. And the, yeah. So what I try and do is we create those as well. And, and it's really important to do that. I'm not saying like, don't do that. But once I put them out there, I, I, I kind of dr- drop it. Like I throw it out there and then it's like, okay, but why? Why is that the number? And what, what am I going to do when I have that? And I'm trying to dig it, dig deeper. You know, why that number? What am I making this, this number mean? What, what am I going to use this money for? What is it going to buy? And, you know, you might start saying, well, you know, I have a goal to buy a new house or something, right? Or I want to do this, or I want to, I want to grow my team. So I'd like a little extra revenue so I could hire another person. And, and we have all these things. So we realize that there is, it's a, you know, a means to an end. And then we say, well, why do I want that thing? Like, why do I want that house? Or why do I want that new car? Or why do I want this? And we can start to say, well, we, we, when you answer that question, you find out that it's usually a desired feeling that you believe that that thing will give you, right? Like I believe having that new car will make me feel luxurious or abundant, right? right. And, and so that's, I think, a very, a very dangerous thing as well because the, I think the default way for us is that we, we put these meanings on these external things. So we don't just put them on money, but then we just put them on the things that we're going to buy with the, the money, right? Like once I have this thing, I will feel this way. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, sadly, what happens is then we go and we make the money and we get that thing and we realize that it doesn't make us feel that way, or we only feel that way for a little bit of time. And then we want again and we want more. And it's like this cup that we can never fill. And that's, uh, you know, some people might've heard of this, but that's, that's the do have be model. Like once I have this thing, I will be successful or I will feel successful. And, you know, I've had a couple of NLP practitioners, neuro-linguistic programming uh, master practitioners on, on the podcast, which is really fascinating because they talk about this a lot. And they say, if you believe that this thing is going to make you feel a certain way, you would only know that if you felt that way in the past, which means you have access to that now. And the secret is to feel that way now. Is, is if, if you believe that thing will someday, hopefully when you get it, make you feel a certain way, that you actually have access to feeling that right now and you can choose to feel that right now. And that's the be, do, have. Um, and this is what's called you know, stepping into a, a state of excellence, which is going to make it much more conducive to actually getting the thing that you want, which is very, very fascinating stuff. Whereas most people don't step into that state of being yeah. and end up rather staying in a state of lack, neediness, or wanting which just has them keep wanting. Does that make, does this make sense? It does. Definitely. I I'm with you here. It's out there. I know it's out there. It's not like here are the seven steps to launching your online business, but <laughs> um, like this is the stuff that I've been, uh, you know, just passionately fascinated by that. We can follow anybody's steps, anybody's plan and not have this, you know, inside internally. And so I, I do believe just, 
so much that we we have to be able to master this. I feel this, this gives us the longevity as entrepreneurs. Like you can only, like you said, push so hard. And let's say someone has the same issue as I have, where you're just going to work yourself to the bone if you don't change something. That's only going to last so long. So if I could tap into the spiritual side of this and really how I think, how I feel, how I believe around money and work and hustle in general, this is going to allow me to continue what I do, make a bigger impact long term, because I'm not going to hit that burnout, which I could definitely do if I don't change things. So I find it incredibly fascinating. I think there's um, something that's come up on a lot of the episodes I've done talking about the power of gratitude. Yes. Uh, you have any practice or anything that you're you're doing to like in, I mean I know you're I do my journaling every night where I just write down a few things it's simple but I'm always thinking about before I go to bed what was I thankful for for the day how about you Yeah I, absolutely they, and they say in the you know in the in the, the spiritual conversation is that gratitude is the emotion of receiving whereas like wanting something just creates more of a vibration of wanting or neediness and, and gratitude is really what allows you to receive. And so I absolutely do as much as I can. Um, sometimes it's like overwhelming the amount of gratitude you can have because we can start with things like, our, you know, our health. And even just that can be like, man, you know, they're, oh, yeah. Know, I have all my limbs, I have my health, I have, you know, and, and that, that can be amazing. But just like, we just did a, like this montage video of, of a lot of our customers and the success that they've had. And I actually edited the video myself and it was, it was super emotional for me. Like I became consumed with gratitude just that I've been able to help people yeah. in, in some capacity, you know, like there's just so much gratitude there. So I'm, I'm looking at it, looking for it everywhere. And I, and I do believe that we need to have a practice of, of gratitude in our lives daily. Uh, there's a difference between the person that's like, I need to make this work and I need money and I got to blah, 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 blah. Versus like, you know, you can start to speak from a place of gratitude to the, the money or the abundance that you do have, you know, because there is abundance is all around us. And um, sometimes you don't have the money, but you have things work out or you have, you know, the, the car that can take you to work or take you to the office and uh, you have a roof over your head and we take it for granted, but we're a lot more fortunate than a lot of people. And so I just think I, I, it's so, so important. I agree. Uh, so tell me this, as we wrap up the episode, I want you to talk about what new beliefs we should have about money or we could have about money. So you could use my example or with the whole idea of the hustle is what's going to get you it and you've got to earn it or any example, but give me some shifts that I can make and my listeners can make as we change our mindset around money. So one of the things I did uh, first that was really fascinating, and I, I really liked this, is I noticed that I was looking at money, my relationship with money was like trying to hoard it, right? Yeah. Like you got to get what's yours. And like money, the thing is, is when money is hard earned, it's hard to let go. Yes, it's true. You had to like slave over that money. It's oh my really gosh, hard to let So true, because when money starts to flow and I wasn't expecting it, one, I'm probably more charitable. I have more fun with it. I'm not so tight around that money. So true. So I kind of created this analogy for myself to help me with this. So the difference between a dam and a river, the water in a dam is, is like stale and stagnant. Um, and I wanted to go from the dam to the river, which means 
in order for more to flow in, I have to be okay with it flowing out. And I tried, I read that uh, years ago and I tried that on as an experiment. And it was really life-changing for me that really to help improve my relationship with money, I had to get okay with spending it. I mean, I remember just, just like, it was like 2012, 2013, like dropping money on anything was a physically painful experience for me. Hmm. Physically painful. Like I, I just couldn't. And, and I was, I found myself being this total penny pusher. And, and so I wanted to work on that for me. And that was where I got passionately, you know, fascinated about, you know, why, why is this so heavy for me? So, so today I look at it as like a river, you know, where the more I let out, the more it comes in. And, you know, obviously I want the river to be like a Niagara Falls type river. And I found a lot of evidence of that. And so there was a great exercise for those who have that experience of just like having a really hard time letting go of money. Cause I think that's part of it. It's not just like, well, I can't make it. It's like, can we spend it? Cause it's, it's there to be used. It's not there to be hoarded and and never touched. I don't I don't believe that. So it's a really cool, really simple exercise. It's kind of a two part exercise. The first part is like, I try and my litmus test is like, have you ever like you know just bought in a pack of gum at like a gas station, right? Right. It's like a no brainer thing. It doesn't it doesn't have any weight to it. It's just like yeah, okay, your friend wants a, a pack of gum. You're like yeah, yeah, I'll get it for you, right? I want everything that I spend money on to feel that way. And when it doesn't, I look at how I can work on that. And so when, let's say you go out to dinner with, with all your friends, we've actually had this experience with Amy. No, don't even you, start. You play credit card roulette. And I'm you pretty gotta sure get- you told this in the last one. <laughs> yeah, I just, I told that piece now, but now here's the exercise that we could have done. So like, let's say I get it, you know, a credit card roulette, which means like a bunch of people and they all had a fancy like lobster dinner. So all of a sudden I got a $600 bill and that can be physically painful for people like, oh man, that sucks. So what I started doing, and this was really empowered my relationship with money, is I started to imagine where that money is going once it leaves my bank account. Ooh, that is good. I started, I look just in that moment, it takes 30 seconds to do, right? So I, I go, okay, well, some of that money is going to this, our server who did a great job and she worked her butt off and that's going to go. And now that's going to pay her rent. And some of that might pay for her car payment so she can have a place to live and she can get groceries. But it's also some of that money is going to go to the cooks who make these delicious meals. And some of that's going to go to the food that it costs to prepare this food. And, you know, and on and on it goes. And that food came from the farmers that, you know, and, and when you start to do this and actually experience it, you will have a, 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 just a drastic shift in your relationship with money because you realize how powerful you are in your contribution and impact that you have in, in others. I and, love that. And, and so that's, that's where I'm at now is that it, we really have to treat it like a, a river. If We have to be able to let money go because we have to do things like pay for taxes, right? We've got to pay taxes. There are business expenses. And I see this, this is another conversation, but I see people who want to build like a six-figure business and they're acting like a $0 business. Like they're not willing to spend money on the right tools. They're not willing to spend money on the right things. Even if they have it, they're like, you know, trying to be like a cheapskate in their own business. Um, They duct tape like crappy tools together. They break down, they spend, you find themselves in, and you've, you've probably seen this with students where they're, they could have paid a little bit more and saved hours of work, but instead they, instead of sacrifice that 20 bucks or hundred bucks, they'll sacrifice hours of their time. Yes. And the fact of the matter is we can't get our time back. 
right? We can't, there's, you know, there's only so much time, uh, but we can create more money. So I, I had to learn for myself and, you know, this is something we talk a lot about, about being okay with it going. I'm not talking about developing a shopping addiction or anything <laughs> like that, but if it feels heavy and uncomfortable to let go of money, we need, we need to look at that as well. So new stories about money. I am a money magnet. Money comes easily to me and I am grateful for all that I have and all the abundance that I have in my life. And I invite even more into my life. And ultimately, I am a source for good. I am a source of inspiration. I, I have a, a, a quote that I've had for now for 10 years. It says, I inspire others through my actions. And I realize that I can talk on an episode like this for an hour. I can talk to my mastermind or my students. And it's a lot of it's just you know, it's the words I say, which people decide if they want to receive it or filter it out or distort it, but it's my actions that they are really observing. And it's through my actions and who I'm being and how I show up that I can really inspire others. And so, that is- so I, know I, I talked, a lo- I talked a lot and uh, we went all over the place, but it's, I think it is an important, important topic. I do too. And I think it's a perfect way to wrap it up. Those affirmations are awesome. I'm going to have to do a little soundbite of those because I want people to hear those over and over again. James, I consider you one of my very, very best friends. And I love everything that you shared here. And what's really awesome is that throughout the years, I've gotten to know James and we have very similar businesses and how we've done things. And we got very similar starts in the online marketing world. So when I have been talking to James over the last few years. And instead of just talking about the how-to, the strategies, the launches, he'd always inject the, you know, the beliefs and the thoughts and just the mindset stuff in general. And I remember saying to him, you've got to talk about this stuff more. And this was a few years ago. And he's like, oh, I will. I plan on it. And then he (laughs) creates this beautiful podcast where you get to, it's like your playground where you get to talk about this stuff every single week. And I'm just so glad you're a man of your word. And you're finally talking about this everywhere so that entrepreneurs can really get value. So thank you so very much. Amy, thank you. It was, it was such a such a pleasure. Love it. Where can people find out more about you? I would love for people to check out my podcast either in iTunes. It's called the Mind Your Business Podcast or mindyourbusinesspodcast.com. A ton Perfect. of episodes that talk about anything from our relationship to to money, to our core beliefs, to overcoming fear and everything in between. All this like mindset and inner game. Uh, you know, I believe entrepreneurship is like the ultimate course in personal development. Yes. Uh, we, we can take the long route, you know, the 10 year version or the shortcut. Uh, I prefer the shortcut. I like it. I totally agree. Thanks again so very much. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. It felt like James and I were at lunch just chatting like we normally do because these are the conversations we typically have. We dive into the heavy stuff that we really need to explore and talk about and bring to the forefront, money being one of those very important topics. It felt like you got to just come into the conversation with us, and I'm so very glad you did. I hope you enjoyed the casualness of it and the fact that it was a little less structured than my other interviews, which kind of makes it fun sometimes to change things up. So thanks for being here. I cannot wait to connect with you again next week, where we will continue diving into tips, tricks, and strategies all around your online marketing. I'll see you again soon. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.